It is Monday, November 13th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. Jaguars Happy Hour is brought to you by Jet Home Loans. And now, prime contestant for season two of The Golden Bachelor, J.P. <laughs> Shatrick. And welcome in. It's Jaguars Happy Hour, the first hour presented by Jet Home Loans. The day after a Jaguars loss to the 49ers and a busy two hours ahead from the Hyundai Studios today. 34-3 the final, 49ers with a win. Jaguars giveaways, not one, not two, not three, four of them in the game. And a lack of offensive execution for the Jags. The 49ers had theirs, though. And the AFC South race is tightening up by the week. We'll keep it real, as we always do, and Fanatics fan questions. We're on 1010XL, Jaguars.com, Jaguars YouTube, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli. We're on the couches at the Miller Electric Center. All we need is a therapist after a game like yesterday, and Pete Prisco might be that guy. Yeah, well, I, 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 I don't, I, I don't really want to hear from Pete, to be honest with you today. Why don't you want to hear from me, Tony? You, you texted me during the game. <laughs> Come <laughs> That's on. True. Were you really? We were both kind of, we were both kind of like looking around, going, "What the hell did we just watch?" What happened? Um, but you know what I did this morning, Pete? I woke up, I was thinking about, you know, I went in and uh, getting ready for my day, and I saw, I said, "What am I going to wear?" And I said, "You know what? I'm wearing the colors." You know what you do after you get your rear end kicked? You don't go hide. You don't go make excuses. You put your colors on. You go back to work, and you show up and say. That's not me. And you got to go. See what I got? I got my 49ers colors. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, that's the difference between you and I. You're a front runner. I'm loyal. <laughs> wow. Wow. But that was, I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, it, JP, yes, Pete and I were um, texting during the game, as we often do. We, we usually text each other if it's going really, really good or really, really bad. And mostly yeah. when it's going really bad. Yeah. Um, and they got their butts kicked. I mean, there's no two ways about it. And, and when I was thinking about the game, going into it, like pre-kickoff, two things stood out. And I actually was sitting on the sidelines talking to John Lynch before the game, and, I, and he's like, you know, he name thought... Name drop alert, name drop mm. alert, name drop alert. Hall of Fame jacket. Hmm. It's yeah. not a name drop if he's a friend, Pete. Um, I know, I know. Uh, is... You know, he was like, hey, I'm not sure how it's going to go for us today. I think we'll be better. We're getting healthy. You know, he was, you know, and had a ton of respect for what he had seen on film. And I said, listen, it's going to come down to two things. I said, mainly, it's going to come down to turnovers. Whoever wins the turnover margin, I think, wins the game. And then secondly, all week, and I said it multiple times, was the 49ers are, in my opinion, the most physical team in the NFL. Because they've built their team and their head coach is a, um, has designed their offense to go through the run. And not this kind of horizontal position blocking run game that most of the NFL has kind of employed them or deployed. They are downhill, hitch in the mouth, you know, single cut, old school, get outside, go downhill, downhill between the tackles with big physical guys up front big physical tight end who's the best run blocking tight end in the NFL. And then on defense, they've invested and they continue to invest this year through trades on their front seven. If their weakness is, it's probably at corner. 
or the back half. Now they have a really good safety, and uh, it wasn't on, it wasn't on Sunday. No, but you know what I'm saying, Pete. I mean, they have yeah. invested in big people. John Lynch believes, and I've talked to him about it. And Kyle Shannon, you build inside out. I'm uh, look. I'm in a full agreement. We've talked about that many a time. I'm, yes. I'm with you. And so, and, and I always say, if you block them, you beat them. Going to your reference on the cornerbacks, but the problem is blocking them. Well, and and so my, and I said this last week, on there. What's your message to? The offensive line, you know, blocking Bosa and Chase and, you know, whatever name you want to put up there, Eric Armstead and Randy Gregory. Hargraves. Graves. And, I mean, they got them all. And you have to meet physicality with physicality. If you don't show up and punch them in the mouth and make it a fist fight and just – you're going to get bloodied in a game like that, but bloody them back, you are going to get beat. And we didn't do either. We lost the turnover margin in a yeah, big way. Sure. And they physically took it to us. Yep. And now, I don't think that's because they're tougher than us. They were a desperate team on a th- coming out of a bye on a three-game losing streak, and they said, we are winning this game, their mentality. And then from the jump, they were all over us. And you then you tell add- after the first series that game was done. Well, then you add to this fact, and, and Doug Peterson talked about it in his press conference today, the amount of pre-snap penalties and missed assignments and not doing your job and not blocking the right person, not running the right route, not communicating signals, not going through reads, all the different things. Didn't tackle. This has been a tackling team. They didn't tackle well. Didn't tackle well. You add all that up, and guess what happens? You're going to get blown out in front of your home fans. And that's what happened. They got blown out. They got dominated. And... You know what? The good news is, it's all everything's correctable there. Mm. You don't think so, Pete? What are you saying that for, Pete? I'm worried. I'm about, worried about the offensive offense in a big way. I'm worried. So, Pete, but be more specific because I, I okay. My, I, hold I'm on, worried hold about on. The passing. I'm worried I, about the passing game. Yeah, I think you and I might agree on some of the concerns. But go ahead. I want to hear you first. Okay. After watching the tape this morning. The receivers didn't win at all. Almost never. Never. Pete, stop I mean, there. Was... Did, did, did it almost feel like, because I watched it too, it almost felt like at times we were running to where the defenders were and just stopping. And and when they were locked up in the man coverage, they, they physically beat them up. Yeah. They got their hands on them. They got called a couple times, but I think that was the game plan. I sent you guys that picture, that screenshot of the second play of the game. And, Tony, you had mentioned this earlier. Who were they scared of anybody? They didn't. They had eight, nine guys at the line of scrimmage and man to man on the outside. They weren't scared of anybody. Pete, several times in that game, and and this will go to the passing game that you talked about. If you froze the the formation right before the snap, a couple times they had eleven guys within eleven yards of the line of scrimmage. Like there was nobody deep. Well, don't you remember the comment from last week? It came after we were on the air last Monday. But Bosa made some comment, and I don't know if you guys saw it, where Shanahan told them in a team meeting about make him play quarterback. Do you remember that? I do. Yes. Yes. Well, that's exactly the way they play defense. Well, what they did, Pete, because, because, and you and I have talked about this several times on the show, because 
we were we're pretty horizontal offense. A lot of bubble screens. No, mainly, the, almost strictly horizontal. And a lot of you know underneath crossers, you know stick routes, you know ten yard comeback. I mean everything's like a lot of our offense is within ten yards of the line of scrimmage right. in the passing game, and then you get some run after catch and everything else. We don't. We have not pushed the ball down the field, at least that, you know, from my perspective and what it feels like watching us play this year on offense. You watch that 49er defense. They did exactly what Shanahan and Bosa said they were going to do. We're going to take away the first read, and we're going to jump everything underneath. Like, their linebackers and safeties were jumping. The, everything. Everything. The, the, I mean, ETN in the flat, they were jumping. Right. Ingram over that little middle crossing, they were jumping. Every stick route, they didn't move their feet. No. They didn't open their hips at all. They were just coming downhill. And it was almost like they were saying, listen, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to go down the field to beat us. Now, having said all that and watching the tape, the guys didn't win. The design wasn't great again. And I'm starting to get worried about the quarterback as a result and you guys know how I felt about him coming into the season he was my MVP pick I thought he was going to light up the world and what I'm seeing is a guy who a is sped up I don't know why but he's sped up b he's locking on to his first read way too long and not and I'm going to go to his second play of the game or was it the third play of the game third play of the game he opens to the right nothing's there it's covered but he doesn't quickly come back to the middle where he had strange on a crosser that would have been a first down in a 20-yard, 15-yard game. Instead, he starts moving and gets sacked or whatever. I don't know if they counted that. as Right there. See strange standing right in front of him? He's got to throw that. And, and he doesn't throw it. You don't understand. Right there. There you go. Throw it. I don't understand that. And so there's too many of those over the course of the last month where he's Getting, not getting off that first read or second read quick enough and making a throw. Now, having said all that, his receivers aren't winning down the field, but in that, even in the instances, and we've said that all along, where he's taken the quick throw and passed on the deep throw when they did have it. I think he's sped up, but I think the, the fundamentals are going away from him because the offensive line pressure early in the season and even Sunday – has taken him out of getting off his, his reads quick enough. And, and and I think as a result, there's concern about that passing game and there's concern about the quarterback. Well, Pete, to, to your point real quick, and because JP's got to get us out of here. Well, no, I was going to get to Trevor, but that's okay. Yeah, I was going to say about Trevor. Yeah. So the play you ju- we just saw, Strange, if he hits Strange in stride, Strange easily runs for a nice pickup because he has separation there. Correct. Another time, you know, they had uh, – uh, it was single high safety. They had two uh, seam routes, Ingram on one side, um, Strange on the other side. He's looking to Ingram's side. Safety runs over. Ingram's we, and, and Strange, Strange is by himself. And, and we, you know, you and I and every person watching the NFL sees quarterbacks move that safety, go to the backside, big play down the seam. Um, he is not, for whatever reason, is not getting off. I mean, I can go to the, the – um, on the first field goal they kicked. And I'm not an offense coordinator, so maybe Press and Doug are telling Trevor to do this. I have no idea. 
But to me, it looked like pre-snap, he reads man, right read, and he's going to go to Kirk, who has man, press man um, from the slot on that go route. It was third and four, right before they kicked the field goal. Early, you can see that the corner's over the top. And he decides he's going there no matter what. Instead of getting off that, going to the backside, and you have Ridley on a six-yard end cut that has separation, you move the chains. Now, maybe that's not as read, but I'm just saying you can see these things as you watch the All-22. And then live, and it was confirmed watching the tape today, he is, <clears throat> he is definitely sped up in his mind. And his footwork was just all over the place. I mean, he's like running around, throwing, leaping. Like, it's like, well, like trying to shove tried it to hit, in. Tony, the one he tried to hit strange in the middle of the field when he's open in the middle of the field and he kind of rush steps up and kind of throws all off balance and stuff that's a big play you got to hit that you got to hit him in the middle of the field you remember the play where he kind of like was leaning forward throwing it to him and he and then the one where he flicked the ball to uh etn on a little baby crosser i don't know what the heck that was the ones where they booted him out and they usually get those big plays coming over the top on those they were well covered the whole game yeah, but, and he had the underneath throw yeah but Pete, like i'll go back to the first play of the game they run a naked bootleg to the right um they they bring greenlaw or warner i can't remember which one it was off the edge so he has pretty quick pressure but as soon as he turns his head he has separation and Ridley's right. on a little seven-yard comeback. Right. If he, he, throw, throw that. if he throws it on time, it's a it's a positive play on first down. Let's... And then there's the, the 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 one play, and we talk about mistakes. That it looked like they had some kind of RPO, and he pulled the ball up to try and throw it, and there's nobody there. Well, you remember? Yeah, that was a, I think that was a, that was one of the MAs. They checked the screen. Everyone got it except for the one guy who was supposed to get the screen. Yeah. And Which he, is, was it Ingram? No, I, it, I can't. Watching the tape, I would bet I it was. I who it was. I would bet it was Agnew, but it was Agnew or Kirk, one of the two. I'm not sure which one. And But I want to say this before we go to break. With everything we just said about Trevor, the reason we are focusing on him, he's the quarterback, and it starts with the quarterback. But to, I want to make sure everyone listening, don't, at least from my perspective, this was not just on Trevor. No, I mean, it was across the board, MAs, no. you know, a bunch of different, you know, they need to be not better. Winning in the, not winning down the field ever. Not trying to run the ball even, getting away from the run early. Um, you know, everyone's killing the offense line and the protection. Could it be better? Absolutely. But, Pete, I don't know if you watched two weeks ago when, they play, when you played, they played the, the Bengals played them. Joe Burrow got hit a bunch of times. Right. But Joe Burrow – went through his progression, got rid of it, and threw it in tight windows, and they made big plays. Yeah, I didn't think I, – I thought watching the game on TV, the protection was awful. And in watching the tape back, it wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. I've seen – I've, I've been a part of a lot worse <laughs> as an yeah. offensive lineman, and I've seen a lot worse. Yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was when I watched it back. And we'll hear from Trevor Lawrence coming up in just a little bit then, get his thoughts on uh, what happened after the game uh, from yesterday, a Jaguars loss – the 49ers and plenty more ahead. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out zipchair.com and browse all customizable options. Zipchair furniture for fans. Plenty ahead. The second hour coming up a little bit. The Fanatics fan questions and much more. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans.
know, mine specifically. It's just can't do that. Got to hold on the ball and, um, you know, just every intention to try to get in the end zone. But it's just those things that are kind of are the reason why we're coming up short. And so those, those can't happen. Um, you know, we can't expect to be a great football team when we're turning over the ball, especially in the red zone. So we have to do a better job of just, you know, having emphasis and just better ball security um, from all, all aspects. So uh, we're, we're looking to get, you know, better in that area and, you know, have to be able to do it if we're going to win games. Christian Kirk, Jaguars wide receiver. He went over 100 yards yesterday, but lost a key fumble down inside the 10-yard line, overthrew a pass. Uh, to an open receiver, and then had a punt. Uh, he let one go that was down at the one-yard line, so a tough day overall. This Jaguars happy hour, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli at the Miller Electric Center, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. A lot of the opening conversation tonight about the offense and the quarterback play. Let's hear from the quarterback himself, Trevor Lawrence, after the game. They've got to go take a look at it. you got to feel the, the pain and embarrassment of, of – today and that's what it is it's just it's terrible you know I, it's one of the worst games I've probably played in my career so you know I feel that and I take responsibility for that and um, yeah it's just we, we couldn't do anything right today so but you got to flush it too I mean that's the thing is uh, sucks but the reality is a, a 31 point loss and that's crazy to even say but 31 point loss the same as a three point loss and we lost today and um, we got to move on we're the same team we were five hours ago when we came in here today and um, we didn't play like it today. We played terrible um, just across the board, including myself. So that's where we're at. That's the reality of it. Yeah, you're gonna, we're going to wallow in it tonight and we're going to watch the tape tomorrow and kind of relive it, which is, which is going to suck. And then we're going to move on and we're going to get ready for Tennessee. I mean, it's, that's the biggest game of the year is our next one. So that's the quarterback, of course, Trevor Lawrence. We'll, we'll get to the defense part of this equation in about 15 minutes or so, but let's continue with the offensive discussion here and the giveaways. I mean, fo that was a focus coming out of the bye week. Oh, we're leading the league in fumbles lost going into the bye with nine of them. Well, they had two more interceptions, two more fumbles lost. And at least we're still leading. Yeah, we're number one, Tony. That's a positive way to look at it, I suppose. <laughs> Um, but I mean, in, in the red zone twice, can't do yeah, that. I mean, I, I, let me matter. say this. I, yeah. I don't think we win that game. Now, if the, now, if it's a zero, zero turnover type of game, do I think it's a one possession game at the end? Yeah, I do. Like if we make a couple plays, you go, I mean, here's, listen, let's put the, let me put my, the kind of. Look at the other side of the coin. You go down as if Christian doesn't fumble, you go down and score. It's twenty to ten. It's a ten point game. There's no telling what's going to happen yeah. in that fourth quarter. I mean, you're well, if the 49ers don't go on the field, it's twenty seven to three too. I mean, well, that's another lesson to be learned. How about t tapping the guy down? Well, yeah, but that's him down. Yeah, I'm, but Pete, I agree with that. But I'm saying if he doesn't fumble there, right? And you yeah, go score. I, as, yeah, no, I get it, but. I'm the, not, I, the, the they, part they, of that play was I the, get another that. negative. I get that, but Pete, my point is this. I agree with you. They were the better team because they physically won the matchup. And we did not execute very well. My only point in saying this, if you take the turnovers, this is how important turnovers are. Turnovers are. You take the turnovers and you make it a 0-0 turnover game. It's 20-10 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And we've seen plenty of games in this league where one team dominates for three quarters and it's closer than it should be 
and all of a sudden something crazy happens in the fourth quarter and you know who knows what happens i'm like i'm not making any excuses for them they were not the better team on the field sunday the 49ers came and whooped our butts there's no two ways about that but you have to start by looking at what you can control and what can you get like you're not changing out a bunch of players and, no. and anything else and i don't think that's what anyone's saying trade deadline's over you're not going to get anyone else and so what can you do is like okay clean up the turnovers one clean up the mess assignments two just do those two things and you give yourself a chance of winning and, and start driving the damn ball down the field but Pete, no, those are all those are all philosophical, strategic, right. schematic things that yes, you you and I are in agreement. My point is is you can't I think it was Bill Belichick but or Parcells, but every coach has said this. You can't worry about beating the team on the other side of the field until you make sure you don't beat yourself. Correct. Too many games in the NFL are lost because of the mistakes that you make as an individual or as a team. Like, don't turn it over. Get rid of the pre-snap penalties. Know your assignment and do it. I mean, just do that. You're going to win because a lot of teams beat themselves. And we, like, not only did the 49ers beat us on Sunday, we beat ourselves. Like, we weren't winning that game. Because of how we performed. Now, some of that was induced or... Um, it's brought on by the fact on, that you're not winning outside. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and physically, they won the line of scrimmage and all those things. Um, so they go together. I'm not dismissing what you're saying at all, Pete. But I just watched that game and that... They looked out of sorts from the first play. Tony, where are you... Where's your confidence level in the offensive line right now after yesterday? as a whole and could you perceive maybe some changes to line up or things what, there like, or no i'm just asking no it's a fair question i got the same question from dan and jeff this morning I'm like okay what changes are you making well walker little didn't play very well he didn't play terrible he played but, he's doing, like guys come on give me but, a but, but, time I mean, out time it, out pete no no i'm going to take exception an issue with what you just said that he did not play well now, did he is is there room for improvement? You know how many snaps he's played at left guard in his entire life in a game? About ten going into that game. He was going against it. one of the best three techniques in football. And by the way, a bunch of times one on one did a great job. Was more physical than anyone else we've seen of moving people in the run game. And yes, he had some leakage in pass at times, but other times he was one-on-one with Hargraves all by himself and did a great job. So I'm not saying he can't, doesn't need to get better, but if you think it's a good idea after one full game of what, in my opinion, one of your better offensive linemen go out there and play a new position and like, oh, we're just going to start playing musical chairs and flipping guys in and out. Good luck. And let me know how that works out because now you've sent the message that First sight, bad moment, bad thing, or whatever, we're just going to start rolling new guys in there. So, no, I think the worst thing you can do in a situation like this 
after coming off a five-game winning streak, by the way, you got beat, you got embarrassed, it was terrible, all the things. No one played well overall. But if you start panicking and just making changes because you're like, that's the worst thing you can do, in my opinion. Well, like, you will admit this, though. Walker Little was playing better at left tackle than he's played at left guard those two games. I don't know that, Pete. Be- no, because in the Buffalo game, the 10 games he had, he was great. 10 plays. 10 te- plays he had. Yeah, 10 plays. Yeah. The 10 plays he had in Buffalo, he was great. So I have, th- like, like a body of work of 10 plays against Buffalo where he looked great. Okay. And you, one you, game you against. for playing okay on Sunday, then who, who didn't play well in your mind? Well, I don't think any of them played well overall. Like, I think they took turns. I think there was leakage by both tackles at times. At other times, I thought they did a great job against two really good pass rushers. I don't think we did a good job of getting up onto the next level. No, those guys were coming fast, though. Yeah, but hey, hey, guess what? Watch the tape. There's a little saying that we, like, I make my, the late, great Mike Mazur, who I love um, to death, my offensive line coach, used to say it all the time. And the same thing my offensive line coach said at SC Mike Berry. And John Masco before him. And I guarantee you that Phil Rauscher has said this. Don't go to where they are. Go to where they're going to be. Right. And guess what? When they're fast, you better take a good angle. And because right. they're not going to be. They were, they were beating him to the spot every, every single, time. single time. And guess what? That's all fixable. Some of the angles. Some of your release points. How you get there. Like, hey, how about giving ourselves a chance? So, like, I can go down the list of individuals who could have done a better job at different times. There's times when we're not even, like, we're leaving the front side backer unaccounted for. Right. What do you, you leave, you leave. There was another run play where Kirk tried to block the safety and he made this tackle on two yard member or that's corner, the nickel corner, and he didn't block him. So it's not just, it's not just, we get it. It's not just the offensive line. No, but my, so I, I think, and this is where, and Doug said this in his press conference. It's like, guys, here, like pre snap penalties, missed assignments, lack of execution, turnovers. Like, like you want to know why we lost right here. This is all stuff we can control. Well, they were in the in the scoring area, ran just ran for or did they just run? Yeah, ETN just ran for a first down, right to start getting that they were on the move, and then trick play, tricky play came in. Woo! Here we go. Let's run the trick play. And yes, it was there, and they missed it. He has it. He's got to hit the throw. But then what happens? Pre-snap penalty. Well, that, that's, a penalty that's a penalty on yeah, Ward, too. Throw the penalty on the Can't take a shot in the head like that. But but here we go. So it, it was open, but you're asking a wide receiver to make a throw. Not easy to do. Oh, and Ward Pete, stop. Been, he he should have been flagged. He should have been flagged there. But, but stop, but then Pete, you This is why you, you practice this. Obviously, they didn't call it yeah. because he never connected in practice. I guarantee you he hit it every time in practice. That's right. And that's what he said today. He actually talked today. I mean, that's like yeah. Christian wouldn't make an excuse. I guarantee he wouldn't make an excuse. He probably says, I got to make this throw. I know how to throw then, the ball. But then this this, this happened. Then on first, then the next play, they got yeah. a penalty, if I'm I not agree. mistaken. Yeah, they, they did. Went, they went back and then they second got. Second and 15. And, and you're I, done. Then I think they had a, a sack fumble. 
I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, it just added up. It went backwards uh, from that point. Let's come back in a moment. And guess what? We haven't even touched the defensive performance yet against San Francisco's offense. Well, a, a great tackling team, and that's what we've been. They tackled poorly was on not Sunday. good on Sunday. Sign up your furry friend for the Jaguars' official four-legged fan club for pets presented by Forever Vets Animal Hospital. Your pet will receive access to exclusive merchandise, events, and sweepstakes throughout the season. Visit jaguars.com slash promotions slash four-legged fan club and sign up today. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Oh, we didn't execute. Uh, they came out. Uh, was able to establish a run, do the boots, all the misdirection and stuff, reverses to 19 and all that. Kind of knew that's what they were going to do, but I think the first couple drives, we really got to establish ourselves so we can play a lot slower, in our, or, you know, mentally a lot slower. Um, when you second guess against that team, you know, it's going to be a long day. So, uh, you know, go back to the, the drawing board, really correct what we need to correct, but I'm ready to get back to work. We know the type of uh, team that we're capable of being. Foyer Aluk and the Jaguars linebacker. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli, on the couch today. Nice setup in here, the TV studio. And uh, Pete Prisco is down in South Florida recapping a loss, 34-3. We've talked offense most of the show, all of the show. In fact, well, the defense gave up 34 yesterday. And... Uh, you know, the first two drives, that's what Foy was talking about there. Bang, four plays, touchdown. Next drive, field goal, it's 10 nothing, right out of, uh, out of nowhere. And then obviously at the start of the second half, second play of the third quarter, 66-yard touchdown to Kittle. It's a three-score game at that point, and everything's just different. So the defense had their moments. McCaffrey, Pete, is one of the toughest matchups in the NFL. He's all over the place yesterday. Yeah, like they got him on that little crosser against uh, Jenkins for a big play um, out of the slot. He can do so many things. I mean, he's he, and he didn't even have a monster day either. No. I mean, it was a good day. It wasn't a, a monster day. Um, you know, you talk about the first drive, the Kittle play. Trayvon Walker is in cement. I mean, come on. What was he, you're dropping him in, out in the coverage and he's he doesn't get I, somebody else probably should have been over there, but he didn't look like he, he was comfortable doing that. And he's wide open. That's a big play. And then the touchdown. Okay, I'm going to say something about it. The touchdown was lucky. Let's be real. That should have That's been intercepted. It hung up yeah, there forever. Yeah, it was a terrible decision by Purdy. He got away with that. But but for the most part, the defense, you, you know, what, like he mentioned, you know what you're going to get from the 49ers. You're going to get everything going back the other way because there's such a run. And Tony mentioned it when we started the show. They built everything off that run game. And that's what they do. They get you going one way and get you coming back the other way. And it's a tough offense to defend. Their offensive line is not great. It played better on Sunday. Well, it, play, it played better because they got their best player back, Trent Williams. But, they, but also, but Feliciano was playing in there too, and and was a little physical, more physical than what they had been in there as well. So I thought they were better. Um, and, and he wasn't. I mean, he wasn't his usual self. There was one play, Tony. Did you see it on tape where I think it was Roy Roberts and Harris put him on his back? Did you see that one? Trent Williams knocked him on his back? Yeah, I mean, I mean he's, no, but he's coming back off an ankle. Right, he's, he's rusty. Well, he's, and he's 35 years old, Pete. It's not, he's, not a young, he's not a young man anymore. But he still is physical, oh, and, and he brings a presence to them. And I, I thought Josh had some nice rushes against him a few times and um, got some pressure. But overall... It was, you know, I actually thought if, if you take a step back in that first half, 
it was 13. They gave it 13 points. Yeah. And the first drive was bam, 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 lucky play, touchdown. Um, it wasn't like they were getting gashed in the first half. They just – opening drive, you don't want to make it that easy. That's one. And then the really killer was at the end of the half is like get a stop and get the offense the ball back and let the offense have a two-minute drive. Don't give up points there. But it's still only 13. I didn't think they played terrible. But then you start the second half and it's like two plays. It's like, oh, my gosh. That was at the kid, the kiddo play on Lloyd. The kiddo, kiddo play. And it was interesting. Did he push off? Oh, they were hand fighting. It wasn't nothing bad. Yeah, beat. I didn't think it was either. I they didn't think saying, it was bad. My guys were saying my guys were saying he pushed off. I didn't think he pushed. No, off. I disagree with that. Um, That's a tough ask for Devin Lloyd. Well, it's a tough way. ask. And what I didn't understand is Cisco's playing center field, and for whatever reason, he jumps the, the, the in route. The, the in right, route, yeah. and I mean maybe that's what he's supposed to do. I'm not a, a secondary expert or coverage. Yeah, expert. I doubt you would want. Devin Lloyd covering uh, Kittle down the field in a one-on-one situation. With no, though. with no over-the-top help, or at least yeah. the, like make a tackle. So, so you know. But the bigger concern I had with the defense is what they've hung their hat on as being great against the run, being bullies, physical, and tackling well. I mean, the run, the yards after the first contact, and in just the, it wasn't like they put up huge numbers as we talked about on the ground. But huge numbers against the defense this year that's been really good. And it's tackled really well. And we just did not tackle well. No. And and guys like, okay, Tyson Campbell didn't have a great day, but he clearly isn't all the way back. And, and, well, now JB, he's hurt. He, he's you hurt said he got hurt again. Yeah. yeah. Same hamstring. So he, yeah, so you, maybe he rushed to get back, but he didn't play well. Um, I mean, when you watch the tape, you mentioned Josh Allen had a couple rushes, made a couple plays. Um, Trayvon had a couple uh, nice rushes. Aluakon, yeah, he did actually have a couple of nice rushes. I, th- I thought that, you know, from a rush standpoint, it might have been one of his better games rushing the passer. Uh, Aluakon had a couple of good plays, you know, flashed at times. I thought Campbell was, wasn't was himself. Cisco didn't look like himself either. Um, Darius Williams played well again, uh, and we think he's been solid all season. Uh, the You mentioned it, Tony. Like, Hamilton, since he's been back, has not been the same player. No. Getting blocked. And, uh, you know, who made a – oh, Lacey made a play on a he rush. Did. yes. Yeah, did. but, I mean, so, like, I don't think the defense played well. No, but not, do- not dominant. No, but they, did, they weren't. I mean, if, if I was – They weren't off. If I was like going to list who, who were the biggest offenders by, uh, by grouping, it would be offense one, yeah. two, and three, and then defense – Yes. And then special teams. You're less concerned long-term about the defense. Yeah, like... The offense is the big... Which is amazing, because if you had said that before the season, you would have been called a crazy man. Yeah, because... I mean, because I'm with Pete. I mean, they got all their weapons back. They had a week off. They've been getting killed in the press about not being very good on offense. You know Kyle Shanahan, you know, was hell-bent on getting this thing back on track. And they got the run going. They got Purdy moving the pocket. Purdy was very good for the most part of, of diagnosing, hanging in there. He took some shots, but he hung in there and, and delivered the ball um, accurately down the field. Um, and so, but, so you know it's tough. But take away the four turnovers in short fields at time. They don't score 34. No. No. Mm. Do, 
you know, when you when you think about it, though, and we t- we touched on this last week. Now we can a- ask this question. Jacksonville has nobody that's a top five player at their position. Nobody. I would say one. Who? ETN. Coming into this. Okay. Week, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can make a case for that. I'll give you that. Josh okay. Allen, you wouldn't put him there? No, not top five. How many top five players of the position do the 49ers have? So I'll go, let's go through it quickly. McCaffrey, yes. Trent yes. Williams, number yes. one. He's number one. Trent Williams is number one. Those are two number ones at their position. One or two. Trent, uh, he's one in my book, but yeah, one or two. Okay. okay. Uh, Fred Warner, best middle linebacker. Number one. Um, uh, Nick Bosa's top five pass rusher. Correct. Hargraves is a top five three technique. Okay. Um, is there, Kittle. Kittle, top five. Thank you. I always forget Kittle. Top five tight end, no doubt about it. He's the best. He's number one as far as a two-way tight end, run right. blocker and receiver. Okay, so uh, there's there's six. six. And could you say now, uh, if you who, want to expand uh, it to Hufunga, ten? How about Hufunga? Is he? Uh, no, who, he's not. If you could expand it to ten, you could probably throw Greenlaw in there. Okay. Right. If you expand it to ten, you could throw. And you're gonna laugh when I, but he's played this way. Ayuk has played better than Samuel. Yeah, but Devo's like I don't know what position he is. He's a matchup issue because he can line up anywhere. He's not well, a they got, he's they not got a the top one fullback. Yeah, he's not a top ten. He's not a top ten receiver, and he's not a no. top ten running back. But he's a top ten athlete. <laughs> like he's they a problem. The number one full. They got the number one fullback. fullback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you I go mean, to Jacksonville. The only one you can really make an argument for is Etn. Could you, That's it. Hey, Pete, could you argue that Eric Armstead is a top 10 three technique? Yes, yes. He, he might be top five as a pass rusher. Yes, you could argue that. Um, and, and so, I mean, the corners know. And I think that safety, Hufunga, uh, is better than you. Yeah, do. he's a little bit of a liability in the pass coverage at times. But I could see where you could see. He makes big plays, splash plays. And, yeah, I could see where you could say that. But, again, so what is it now? It's six for sure, top five, seven, eight, or nine, top ten. Yeah. Go to Jacksonville, you got one, you know, maybe a Luacon. Luacon's top 10 for sure. Yeah. Josh Allen's top 10. Josh Allen's top 10. Right. But you see the difference, though. Star-heavy team. And before the season, you would have said, Trevor Lawrence, for sure, top 10. Mm. Right now? Not the way he's playing. No. I mean, mean, if if you just take off. And I, uh, it's hard for me to do this because my they're really they're attached to my head. My Jaguar uh, glasses that I see everything through. Yeah, the Jaguar teal glasses. Teal glasses. Yeah. But if you just looked at the statistics, you know, I mean, Trevor's not a top fifteen quarterback statistically. I don't think. But he's right not now. the best quarterback in his own division right now. Yeah. True. I mean, now do is there very many guys I'm trading Trevor Lawrence for? No. Um, cause I still am a huge believer in him being the man and the I guy. And, Here's so, something that, and I got something that bothers me because we, we talk about not driving the ball down the field and you know, that's a pet peeve of mine. I even made the, make the joke about the bubble screen, the 42,000 bubble screens. They still were horizontal again on, on Sunday. I don't care what anybody says, but when you watch the chargers play, when, when you think of Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence, you look at him and you go, okay. 
Yeah, skill set should be similar to, to, to drive the ball down the field, big arms, you know, whatever. They don't have deep speed on that team either right now. And yet on Sunday, they played the Lions and he's firing shot after shot after shot after shot down the field. But Pete, how much of that is because I watched some of that Lions Chargers game yeah. when, I got, when I got home. Um, and I, you know, watching Herbert after I just watched us play. I mean, he's a guy who gets through that progression is is hangs in there and will sling it down to his second, third read. I agree, but okay, but I'm going to I'm going to put this out there last year when they rallied from behind That's against what... the Chargers, they had no choice but to play that way. Did he play that way? Hell yeah, he played that way. That's in him. It's time to allow that to go. Enough with the bubble screens 42,000 times. Get the ball down the field. Get creative to get guys down the field. If you don't, you're going to see that what the 49ers did to you on Sunday, everybody's going to put the force field up at 10 yards and say, go ahead, I dare you to complete those short passes against me. But, Pete, I'm not disagreeing with anything you just said. But you got to be on the same page, run, run the right uh, run the right routes and not have missed yes. assignments and everything else. Yeah, I mean, that, yeah like you would assume Keenan Allen's probably running the right route all the time. That's my point. Is Calvin Ridley running the right route? All I, the time I have no that? idea. Because he's, he's been invisible. And I didn't see a ton of separation, to your point, nope. by anybody. Nope. Nope. We will delve into this a little more in the second hour. We've got plenty of time on that topic tonight. We might actually keep it real with that. The wide receiver conversation, Pete. I like it. I figured you would, Pete. If you're looking for the MVP of the truck game, look no further than Ford F-150. Loaded with impressive capability and designed to dominate work, play, and everything in between, this truck makes tough look easy. Your local Ford dealer, proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, we got to take a look at the AFC South power rankings again. It's getting tight in the division. That's after this. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loans. The day after 34-3, San Francisco over Jacksonville. J.P. Shadrick, Tony Vaselli at the Miller Electric Center. Pete Prisco is in South Florida. We're on Jaguars YouTube, 1010XLAM, Jaguars.com. Glad you're with us today. Let's take a look at the AFC South. All of a sudden, that big lead the Jaguars had is evaporated down to one game in the division race. Jaguars 6-3, and three. Houston now 5-4, and four. Indy 5-5, five and five, by the way. They're right there in uh, not far back. Uh, Tennessee three and six, um, but this thing, this gap is closed in a hurry. Tennessee, or uh, excuse me, Houston playing better football. The uh, Jaguars trying to figure it out after yesterday and division games coming up the next two weeks for the Jaguars. Of course, the Titans here next week and then two weeks uh, Thanksgiving weekend at Houston. And then it's a three game run against the AFC North and all those teams are winning. So, um, Strap in, Pete. Here we go. The the we were talking about it in the break, Tony. You and I. The, you're gonna figure it out in the next month whether you go into the playoffs or not. Oh, we lost Pete. Yeah, Pete, we can't hear you. Can't hear Tony either. There's Pete. You hey, know, what, Pete. yeah. 
JP, look at the Texans' schedule the next. I think we talked. Me and you talked about it before the show. Look at their schedule the next five weeks. It's amazing. They have the Cardinals at home this week. Yep, they do. Then, then they got the Jaguars at home. Then they have the Broncos at home. Then they're at the Jets, at the Titans. I mean, the two tough games on that are. Us. We don't have Tony. Oh, there you are, Tony. Yes. I, sorry, is on. that better? Yes, you're on. Yeah. Um, the two tough, the two tough games they have there, are the Texans are um, us obviously coming to uh, Houston and then going to the Jets. That Jets defense is nothing to play around with now. Although they get run, they got run on last night. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, but still, Pete, they're a good unit. I mean, that's not. No, they're really good. And, yeah. and if they stop the run, they're really good. Yeah, they really get after good. the quarterback. That's right. So, but it's you know. Compare that to the next five we have, which are Titans, not very good, but it's always a close game. It's the third consecutive road game for them, by the way, this yeah. week. So that works out. But then you got a huge matchup in Houston that we don't, for whatever reason, play good against that franchise. Um, then you got the Bengals, who on Monday Night Football here, who are a very good team. Then you have the Browns, one of the best defenses. You talk about a defensive front. We just dealt with a tough one. Get ready because here comes Cleveland. They're not quite – they don't have the depth the 49ers do, but they got some dudes who can play. And then you have the Ravens who are no joke either. I mean, those next – Pete, as I told JP and I've had conversations, I think this team's fate and destiny will be determined in the next five weeks. Yeah. I, I don't – uh, by the way, I don't. I said they'd win 13 games. I think they're lucky to win 11 now. So you think out of the next eight, they'll be lucky to go five and three? I think they'll go. The best case scenario, they go five. They beat the Titans twice. They'll beat the Panthers. They'll beat the Bucks, and then they'll win one of the other ones. So you, you, so you think maybe two, maybe two. Yeah, I, I actually think they're going to win the next two weeks. Um, you think they win at against the Texans? Yeah, I do. You I don't know, man. I, look, I oh, think yeah. they should beat the Texans, but history is not kind to them against, the, like you mentioned, against that franchise yeah. and at that place. No, but we we play better there than we do at. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do, we play here <laughs> against them. So. Yeah, I'll lock it right now. I'm going to lock the next two weeks. They're going to win both games. Wow. Oh, wow. I'll yeah. lock this week. I'm not locking the Texans game. I got The next two are locked. I want to see how the offense plays this week. But it's a, it's going to be um, tough. I mean, listen, it's not easy. You're going to have to beat one of those good. You're going to have to beat the Bengals or the Ravens for sure. You have to be, win one of those games. Back in a moment, second hour of the program is straight ahead. This is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Jet Home Loan. This is what I want our team to understand is, is, you know, you're still sitting in first place. Everything's right here in front of you. You control it. You put yourself in a good situation, obviously. And if we can just eliminate or, or even minimize some of these mistakes that we're making and, and shooting ourselves in the foot, as we say, um, then it puts you in a better position to to get into the fourth quarter and potentially, you know, win games. But uh, it's also different being six and three than three and six or three and seven as well, you know. And and, and sometimes too, you got to play, 
you don't worry about the record. You play as if your back's against the wall every day, you know, and, and you come out and, and, and give it your best shot. That's head coach Doug Peterson earlier today. Welcome in the second hour of Jaguars Happy Hour on this Monday. It's presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings, J.P. Shadrick, Tony Baselli here in Jacksonville, Pete Prisco down in South Florida. The Jaguars fell to the 49ers 34-3. They trailed 10-0 after two drives and went three and out to answer each time. They played from behind all game long. The offense turned the ball over four times including two interceptions and a lost fumble from Trevor Lawrence. And the Jags' defense had issues slowing down the 49ers. Questions now about how the offense moves forward and finds a way to consistently move the ball. And yes, as Doug Peterson just said, the Jaguars are still the AFC South leaders. And as it sits right now, they are still the number three seed in the AFC playoffs if it ended today. Big games coming up, though, against Tennessee, at Houston, Cincinnati, on the docket ahead and uh, that's the lay of the land on this Monday after 34-3. Um, Pete, here we are uh, still in first place but um, still a lot to clean up after yesterday. Isn't it funny how quickly the landscape shifts in the NFL? I mean we were saying at least we look like the division we look like I said the division was over. Didn't I say that a couple weeks ago? Done. And now all of a sudden the Texans are back. I mean, you go to Cincinnati and go for over 500 yards at that place against that team, that's impressive. And here's the scary thing. They hadn't run the ball all year, the Texans, and they ran the ball on Sunday. Um, so, yeah, the division's tight and getting tighter. And, and now the pressure mounts on Jacksonville to get everything working because if they don't, the Texans are right there with that schedule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. got Tony I mean, stomping his foot here and shaking the whole set. What, you're not. You. What? Why? What did I say that you're not? You're not in agreement with? Well, it's not that I'm in disagreement with anything you said, Pete. But I've had about enough of the anoint of anointing, like C.J. Stroud and the Texans is like these juggernauts. Like, let's not I'm forget. Not saying that. Let's not forget, like. Two, like two or three weeks ago, they could barely get out of their own way and lost to the Carolina Panthers, who are one of the worst teams in the football. And so, yes, it's, do I think C.J. Stroud is a having a phenomenal rookie year and is a uber talented quarterback? And I have no idea how the Panthers chose, you know, Bryce Young over him. Absolutely, that's all fair. But to act like the Texans just because they have an easy record can't stumble and get beat any of the next five weeks is out you're out of your mind i got i'm evidence. not saying they're not going like to get you, beat. I, you didn't actually, say that. I mean you and every other pundit, like if i need like my favorite is i heard this weekend that cj stroud is an mvp candidate i'm like come right. on by the way the colts are uh, at five and five too they are let's not forget that one I, like i don't forget any of them because i also never said the division was over two weeks ago like some other expert on this show um, named Pete Prisco. It's a long season. And one thing you are 100% correct on, Pete, it changes week to week. I mean, remember, the Bills, the Bengals, excuse me, beat the Bills last week on Sunday Night Football, and they had solved all their issues. Um, yours truly said something, you know, basically that after calling that game is like, uh-oh, here they come. And they followed up with a stinker at home on defense and just get run through. 
you know. And then you got the Panthers. I mean, excuse me, the the um, Ravens, who have been going through everybody, and you know everything's perfect, and have a huge lead, dominating 14, the Browns. 14 points in the fourth quarter, and oh, end yeah. up somehow losing that game against a, a Browns team who offensively couldn't get out of their own way this season. Like so, like we anoint certain teams every week. I agree. I agree. Let me tell you the only thing that's consistent in this league right now. It's it's called the Kansas City Chiefs the Phil, and the Philadelphia Eagles and it looks like the uh, 49ers have gotten out, you know, gotten healthy and they're going to be coming on. But really, the only thing that's been consistent year week in week out this year are those two teams, the Chiefs and, and the they Eagles. They play they play next Monday. The Chiefs Eagles do. Yeah. Hmm. But you, so, you I mean I mean, I'm Pete, with you. you see it I'm all the time. You. I'm with you. It's up and down. But but the schedule is much more favorable for the Texans. I agree so with that. So Jacksonville almost has to win that game in two weeks. Oh, I agree with that now. I think that's – I think they have to win the next two. Both division yeah. games. Um, you need both of these next two. Without a doubt. I, well, you be, locked them already, so, I mean, yeah, you know. And, and they're going to win the next two. Lock it right now. Wow. Again, double lock. Well, well, I've yet to hear the lock. We're double locking the Tennessee game. I'm not ready to go after the Texans game yet. Thank you. Thank you, Joe, for finally doing the lock. Brent Reaver. Whoever is back there sleeping on the job right now. (laughs) He locked it like 15 minutes ago. I mean, I've been locking it over and over again, and I can't get anything. (laughs) You got it now, twice. Thank you. Congratulations. So, yeah, it, it, look, it's a big game in two weeks. It's a big game. It's a you big game. flexed? Does it get flexed? What's no. the Sunday night? No. The Sunday no. night game is, is getting out. So, the, I think if, if I look, the Monday night, maybe. Monday right. night game that week is awful, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Really? I mean, if both, if both the Jags, which they're going to win, I've already guaranteed that, and the Texans play – who? Arizona. Arizona, they're going to win, probably. The, the Monday night game is Bears-Vikings. Oof. Um, that that Cardinal game isn't going to be as easy for the – No, it won't be because Kyler Murray play, actually played pretty well and looked yeah. decent on Sunday. Yeah, so um, I don't think it gets flexed because of the markets. Like, Can you – like, hey, hold, hold on. Hold on. Will you be allowed to revise your lock if Jacksonville's offense looks like crap again next week? Nope. Not revising it. I'm not revising it. I will not back he down. I am not it. like you, Pete. No, depending on which way the wind blows. No. Hence, why I got the colors on today after getting our asses beat. I've been, I've been consistent about my bashing on that offense all year, so I don't know. I don't. I don't jump back and forth. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, they, they're not going. Well, oh, what I was what I was saying before you interrupted me, Pete. They're not going to flex that game. And what people have to realize, flexing has as much to do with market. the record as the market. Right. Like, like for the Jags to get flexed, you got to understand. Hence, why do you think our national televised night games are later in the season? So that if we weren't good, they could flex us. Out. They're not worried about flexing the Jets, i.e., last night or the Giants i.e. on Sunday night because 
they know that those are huge markets and people are going to watch them even if they stink because they have a big fan base. And, and Jacksonville Texans, if they were both with one loss, wouldn't be a game that most people would watch. I hate to say that, but that's the reality. Of well, it. I disagree. I think that changes in the year. The, the way that people are interested nationally in markets like the Texans and the, in ja- uh, in the Jaguars, or Houston and Jacksonville, probably a better, better way to say it, is when you have franchise quarterbacks and you are winning Super Bowls or compu- AFC championships. Oh, yes. I mean, then, yes. then it's like, like we don't care what market you're in. Right. Because, then by, watch the game. by the way, you know, because then you grow your fan base nationally. Kansas it's, City, Exhibit A, Kansas City. Green Bay over the years. I mean, Seattle. Seattle. So, yes, I mean, you got to you have to be good, though. And you have to be good year over year, and you have to have star players. That's what people tune into to watch. Right. Hey, by the way, get ready for the tailgate with Tony benefiting the Baselli Foundation. is coming up Sunday, this Sunday at this Met Sunday. Park, ahead of the Titans-Jaguars game, 10 a.m. to 12.30, live music, Q&A with Tony and Jags legends, and all-inclusive ticket options are available Visit BaselliFoundation.com for more. And there's a promo code. For $71 tickets, use the promo code TONY71. Nice. You know what we should have done? What's that? And Pete, we're going to do, because this tailgate's going to be an annual thing now. We're going to do a, tail, a big tailgate every year. Next year, Pete, we're going to figure out how to get you up uh, for the tailgate with Tony. And we're going to do a 30-minute show on the stage with you and I taking a, uh, you get me off on a Sunday I'll figure out how to do it. you and I taking questions from all the fans wow. just like we would in the wow. old days like when the phone lines were with the phone and then lines. we could bring oh. we could bring Danny Cannell with us oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was your guy Pete he was what oh the world God. boy I tell you what JP Jacksonville's fans anybody who ever doubts them needs it needs to pay attention to what happened after that I, I mean my god they were vicious they were i mean they defended their honor it was amazing well and, part of the problem is though not and, and i like danny he's a good guy yeah danny's a good dude good dude but he said something that was stupid i agree That's and, why the, I and, and then you tried to correct him and help him and he doubled down yeah I sent it out the next day, and that, that kind of let it. He was actually trending on X. He was trending. Jacksonville <laughs> fans made him trend. I mean, it was, well, it was brutal. Well, speaking of national guys taking shots, it didn't take Richard Sherman to back uh, to jump back in at what he said on the Thursday night game about Trevor Lawrence not being, you know, not living up to the hype and not playing well. Um, as soon as that game was over yesterday, he decided to go back on X and – Make sure he posts like, hey, told you I was right, basically. Well, in in fairness to Richard Sherman, Trevor Lawrence hasn't lived up to the hype. Well, no, I, I including my hype. And that was Richard's point. Richard's point was he everyone's talked about he's a generational talent. And Richard did say in the thing, he said, listen, he's a he's a very talented player. He just hasn't met the expectations. The bar is very high for Trevor. In his opinion. Well, and I, I would agree with that 100%. Let's come back. And we're going to keep it real when we return. Because we've been fake. We have been fake all show. <laughs> we're faking it. Faking we're it. Faking it until we're making it. And we're making it when we come back with wide receiver talk. And Calvin Ridley 
PRI Productions, the official event production company of the Jags, has everything you need to bring your next idea to life. Visit PRIproductions.com. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. You know, possibly just, just maybe, you know, um, speeding some things up in his mind. You know, um, you know, obviously when we, we fail to execute even around him, right? There's 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 problems there uh, on plays that we should we should know. We run them all the time, and and then you know um, you, you can't you can't put yourself in the third downs like we did, and or turn the ball over like we did and expect to do anything with it, you know? And it just, you put your defense in a bind, you put special teams in a bind, and, um, you know, that's the, that's again, that's the disappointing part. That's Doug Peterson, of course, after the game yesterday, 34-3 loss to the San Francisco 49ers, and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour, presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Tonight, uh, Mr. Chubby's bringing food for our production crew, as they do each and every Monday, Chubby-style wings tonight. The chicken parm sandwich, uh, cut up into thirds, and uh, quesadilla, veggie quesadilla tonight, Pete. So, uh, what a Would spread. You, you went with the chicken parm. I had one little nibble of chicken parm. Yeah. That's right. And I had a little slice of quesadilla and one wing. I had a wing. Tony, what did you so, have? Uh, nothing. Oh. Still out there. Yeah, I, I, got, I got in here uh, at my usual time, 30 seconds before we go on air, <laughs> so I didn't have time to eat anything. quite make it yet. All right. Uh, it's time to keep it real. Presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real Ingredients Award-winning wine by Robert Mondavi. Wide receiver play. Calvin Ridley in the game yesterday took him a while to get even targeted in the game, but he finished, it, uh, finished the game with three targets, two catches, 20 yards. So... What are his numbers on the year? I'll you get to me, that. I want to give me that real quick before you ask your question. Stand by. Let me get disappointing. Back. Well, I, Pete, thanks. That's for, great. Pete, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just great <laughs> contribution. A, a way to keep I it. I made real. it simple for you. Way to keep it real, Pete. The, <laughs> the numbers on the year for Calvin Ridley: 61 targets, 35 catches, 471 yards, and two touchdowns. His last touchdown was in London against the Atlanta Falcons, his former team. And he does have, by the way, just off to the side note here, seven flags of defensive pass interference when he has been the targeted player. Six of those accepted, including one yesterday late in the game. And you said 435? Yeah, that's right. Well, he was so, grabbed. So, he was grabbed on that one, right? Yeah. yeah. 13, Coming out of the break. 13 and a half yards per catch. Long as 32. It's as long as catches 32 yards this year. So where is Calvin? How do you get him more involved in the offense, guys? That, that's how we're going to keep it real tonight. Tony, would you like to begin? Um, well, here's the thing. that If you would have told me after nine games that Calvin Ridley was on pace for 66 catches, 821 yards, and four touchdowns this year, I'd be like, you are crazy. I mean, right, yeah. I would never imagine the numbers would be that pedestrian. 
But that's where Wait. that's where he's trending based on where he is after nine games. What did you say he has now? Thirty-five. Thirty-five yeah. catches. Four. So think about this. Yards. He had seven in the first half of the first game. Yep. So since the first half of the first game, he has twenty-eight catches. That's incredible. Maybe he doesn't like the bubble screens like everybody else does. And he had a hundred. <laughs> he had a hundred yards in the first half of that game too. J- JP's. Well, he had uh, yeah. ninety-two. 92. So 92. And his long catch, what'd you say his long was? His long for the season's 32 yards. Well, and he had a 29-yard catch in the first, that's first right. half of he, that game. He had a 32-yarder against Buffalo in London. So since the first half in of the season, he has had 342 yards. And 28 catches. And 28 catches. And how many touchdowns does he have? Two. Two. So And one, ca- one touchdown because he had one in the first half. That's right. And one touchdown. That... That is mind-boggling. Like, well, they actually did throw the ball down the field in that first half of that game. Well, they ran, they ran a bunch of deep comebacks. Yeah. Um, how do you get him more involved? Well, <sighs> the New Orleans game, I'm going to throw this. They, in the New Orleans game, they doubled him the whole Yeah, they but took, they doubled. Guess who else they doubled? Every other number one receiver. I right? agree. Well, Devontae he's not a number one wide receiver. That's been – A.J. That's Brown. Go down the list. But that's, that's played out, Tony. He's not a number one wide receiver. Until you learn how to handle that double, you're not a number one wide receiver. So where, so, but the question is, Pete, how do you get him more involved? Well, one, you got, I mean, he's got to go win. He's got to create separation. You got to put him in situations where you can get, you know, get, get the opportunity for him to go beat somebody or find the soft spot of his well, own. And then the quarterback well, has to find him and deliver the ball to him. Well, here's the other part of it. The big play to Kirk was from the slot, the slot fade where they picked and he had the big play on Sunday. They they could do that with him sometimes. They don't. They could use, they could try that with with Ridley just to get him going and get him down the field. Remember a couple of plays, I think it was in London, where they did like a, a toss to him, an end around kind of thing a couple yeah, times just to a, get in his hands. That's an accident. That's an accident. Don't 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 get them don't give them any ideas, JP, because they'll come back and use that I'm next week. Say it. I don't. I don't know. Because the danger. Play football. Play football. Get him the ball in football. He's a wide receiver. Get him the ball in. If you got to move him, move him. Get him on the move. Get more stuff happening in the middle of the field. Get him. Get picks and rubs and do all that again. Get back to that. the The, the biggest play of the game on Sunday was a pick. That's what it was. It was a pick. They did a great job of him in the slot. He picked the guy. The other wide receiver picked him. He got wide open and he hit him down the field. Do more of that. I mean, I mean, so yeah. I mean, find situations through formation, alignment, everything else, where you're going to get a one-on-one look and go tell them to go, go and win. And there have been games, Tony, where they've been poor against zone coverage because they run right to the guy. I, I thought, like, listen, and again, everyone listening, understand this. I can break down the offensive line in detail and just by watching tape. Mm-hmm. I am not. A route tree. I know the route tree, but I'm not like a route tree, route combination, this coverage, do this, and everything else. So, what I'm about to say, I'm just qualifying with that. But watching the tape, my goodness, it felt like guys were just running to where they were and just stopping and covering themselves up. And they did I, that against the Texans. I don't remember? know. I don't know if that's by, you know, is that on press and Doug as far as play design? Is that 
guys not understanding what they're asked to do against certain coverages? Is it just poor routes? I have no idea, but I'll tell you what I saw. And, and Calvin Ridley, Pete, is a vertical receiver. He's, Correct. He's a long go down, deep comebacks, deep ends, posts, go routes. And this team does not run a lot of that. Like, I was thinking, like, just as you were talking, Pete, how many how many post patterns have they run where we see Trevor Lawrence just go back, move the safety, and just launch it and let the guy go try to make a play and right, you know, or the deep or the deep or the deep end or the dig routes. And like right. for some reason, it felt like they ran a lot more of those last year with Zay Jones. And maybe I'm just again. No, you're you're not you're not wrong. And so if you have a guy who's a vertical threat, but you're not calling and you know schematically doing a lot of vertical threat plays maybe that's it I don't know but I know this nobody would have bet that after nine games that Calvin Ridley would have 35 catches in 435 yards on pace to go 66 and 821 and the vast majority of that so far to this point Basically, almost 25% of his production came in the first quarter. Mm-hmm. He was on I mean, pace first for half, 170 first, catches after yeah, the first half. First half, <laughs> excuse me, not first quarter, first half of the opening game. So, I don't know. It'd be, it, it, it would be a, you know, it, it'd be a great conversation, which we'll never get to have, and I wouldn't have it with us either if I was Press or Doug. But just to sit down and have a a beverage of choice and just say, Hey, help us, help me understand. Cause I'm, and I, like, I, I'm, I'm seriously curious cause I'm not an expert. You know what they would say? He doesn't like our bubble screens. No, they would not Pete. <laughs> but Pete, you know what I mean? I mean, I think you and I both understand the game and the basic of what yeah, you're trying I, to yeah, accomplish. I think he's, I think there's a re I think a, he hasn't learned how to handle the double as a one B. I don't think they call a lot of routes that he, he, he look, would look comfortable in. Like you said, and, and and see, they're sped up. To get deep shots down the field, you can't be sped up. It, it's it, The offensive line has sped up Trevor Lawrence, who's sped up himself in a lot of situations. And I'll say this, Pete. When they do go deep, I don't see Calvin creating a lot of space, a lot of separation. No. no. Like, no. It's not like he's winning where it's like a no-brainer, like, why aren't we throwing to him? Why aren't we doing this more often? And I thought, I don't know if you saw, when you watch the tape, if you noticed, the 49ers got, they were physical with those receivers. They, they sure put their were. hands on them. And they got it. a call a couple times, but they got away with them too. But they put the, that was like the game plan too. We're putting our hands on them. That's how, I mean, that's how they play. Now, and I think Doug talked about this today, and JP brought it up last week, and it's fair. He leads the NFL in forced DPIs. Correct. And so, so what is that, seven or eight of those? The number officially is seven flags, six accepted penalties. So let's say seven of those. I'll give them seven more catches. And for probably a lot of those are big plays, so probably. Okay, so you know. I'll give them seven more for another 250. Who else is leading in the category, JP? I mean, if you look at the teams, uh, other teams. like Other teams. So Sutton and Denver. Okay. Um, Lockett in Seattle. Uh, Cooper in Cleveland. 
and Brown in Arizona. Those are the top guys. A lot of there's a lot of uh, other than Marquise Brown. There's a lot of physical guys in that. In that well, group. and here, but here's the other thing, you know, and you don't see AJ Brown. Or Tyreek yeah. or Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill or well, because Justin Tyreek Jefferson. Because Tyreek Hill's running by everyone, so they can't, can't, can't they touch can't, him. They can't Justin touch Jefferson's him. Getting, you don't see Jamar Chase. And you don't see Jamar Chase or A.J. Brown. You know why? Because they go win the 50-50 ball. They throw a penalty, right. and it's declined because they, they catch it. Take the ball. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so. What is Kirk? How many catches does Kirk have? Okay, let's go to Kirk. And he has 49 for 624 yards. That's 12.7 per catch. His long this year is a 45-yarder, and that was uh, back in week two. He had a 44-yarder for a touchdown in New Orleans, of how, course. How many yards did you say? I'm sorry. Uh, 624 and three his, touchdowns. His numbers are actually projecting out to where we probably thought they would be. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, he, he's projecting right now to just under 1,200 yards, and he has 49 catches? He has 49 catches on 71 What, targets. about 85 catches, maybe 89 catches? 92 catches. Yeah. So that's about what you thought he would do. He's actually been the better receiver. The leading receiver on the team by catches, Evan Ingram. 55 catches, 446 yards, no touchdowns yet for the Jaguars tight end. But entering this game this past yeah, week. Yeah, his are all dinking dunkers. That's right. He was leading the league in percentage of catches to targets among receivers and tight ends in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that puts it. I mean, if he stays on pace, he's over 103. How many yards? 446. That's dinking and dunking. Yeah. It's like he's the bubble screen recipient. Eight yards a catch. Yeah, he'll, he'll have eight, basically 103. If he stays on pace, 103 catches, 400 and. I mean, 842 yards. Travis Etienne, Trevor, by the way. What did Trevor throw for yesterday, by the way? Trevor was uh, uh, 185, okay. 17 or 29 passes. If you took away screens and bubble screens. Well, P, put, you don't get it. What do did that. he throw for? He didn't throw for anything. Yeah, but that, that I mean, um, Purdy threw for 293. And if you take away his crossers and. You know, little. No, I'm not talking about crossers, Tony. I'm talking about stand up and screen the okay. throw bubble screen, quick screen, or a screen to the back. How many how many yards does Trevor have this year? Trevor, so far this season, it's just over 2,000. But let me get the official. Yeah, 2120, 2,120. You know, they're last in the league in throws of 20 yards or more. I think. That's not good. That shouldn't be the case. That shouldn't be the case. With that guy, with that arm and that guy, that should not be the case. One more thing on the receiving part of it. Travis Etienne has 29 catches this season. That's only six short of Calvin Ridley. Yeah, the bottom line is, is, is we kind of dissect these numbers, and I don't think, I mean, Pete and I have a general response to how do you get Calvin going. At the end of the day, you got, I think you got to design more vertical stuff. He's got to win, though, too. He's got to create separation, which – you know, they didn't do on Sunday. And, that's for sure. And um, and yeah, and then Trevor's got to get the ball to him. But what we you know did, what he could do, he could end up with one, 120 catches. He could just stand up and catch the bubble screen every play. But Pete, but back to all in all seriousness, <laughs> if you just go through the numbers we just talked about and set aside Pete's idiotic bubble screen reference for the <laughs> 555th time. To, we get it, Pete. Um, the, what we're really saying, it's not just Calvin Ridley. This is a passing offense that's struggling. Like, where are they? I mean, like, the whole passing attack right now is is underperforming at least where 
the three of us thought it would be? Like, where do they rank in the NFL right now? It's way underperforming by what I thought it would be, by the way. I'll be honest with you. Team rankings. The Jacksonville Jaguars offense. You're talking about passing numbers? Yeah. Passing numbers. 17th in yardage per game. 15th yardage per play. Yeah, so, like... Middle of the pack. Middle league. Middle. Like, total offense is middle of the pack, too, if I'm not mistaken. And, and, then, and then yards per play is a little misleading, too. It's, you know, again, you got to look at air yards per play. You got to go through those numbers and find out what, what they're what, compared to other field, teams. Right. What and what's getting. the other thing? The new one is, like, points expected, above points expected, or points, whatever. Yeah. But, but, I, but, but you can watch <laughs> their tape and see they don't challenge down the field. That's the that's the end and and the 49ers said it last week before the game. They said it and then they played right into their hands. They said it. They put a force field up at 10 yards with a quarterback as a cannon and they just they did, did the exact same thing that they said they were going to do. If you're the 49ers, if you, OK, this week, if you're the Titans, how are you playing defense? Well, I, I'm I'm jumping everything. Everything until I get until you beat. Prove you're going over my head. I'm jumping everything. So I get beat deep. I'm jumping. That was keeping it real presented by Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi. Open up a winner today. Real ingredients award winning wine by Robert Mondavi. And guess what? All elite wrestling returns home to Jacksonville with an explosive AEW dynamite and rampage. See all the action at Daly's place Wednesday, January 10th. Tickets on sale. This Friday, November 17th, dailiesplace.com is where you can get them. We're back in a moment with the Fanatics fan questions. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. After a Jags loss to the 49ers, 34-3. The Jags now 6-3. Still in first place in the AFC South. Still the number three seed in the AFC playoffs if it ended today, which it won't. A lot of football left to go. Eight weeks remaining. Time now for the Fanatics fan questions. Jaguars fans, gear up at Fanatics.com. With all latest Jag styles, shop now and get today's special offer. Fanatics.com, officially licensed everything. Tony and Pete, we put the cat signal out on X earlier today. Here's the best we've come up with. At SickWitit98, has Lawrence regressed? Yes. How? Yeah, talk me through that, Pete. Well, he's not playing as fast mentally as he did at the end of last year. It's just not the same. He's staying on his first read too soon. He's not getting off of it. And 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 I think that's a regression. Now, is part of that to blame on the offensive line? Yes. Is part of that to blame on the receivers not winning on Sunday? Yes. But, again... There are plays throughout the season, and I said it earlier, long before Sunday, where he is taking an e- he is taking an easy throw on the first read and passed on the second throw. So yes, to answer your question, he's regressed. Is it fixable? Yes, it's fixable. But I think mechanically, he's not the same. And I think going through his progressions and reads in terms of timing, he's not the same. So I think it, it's, you know, you can be. You can have a bias after a game like yesterday of how you answer this question. And watching yesterday, it would be unequivocal, yes, he has regressed. 
But I also think it's dangerous to look at, you know, one piece of data and to make overwhelming statements. With that said, I, it's, I'm, I'm not full. I, I, I see where Pete's coming from. And I think if, like, what's his touchdown to interception ratio right now? It's like it's, nine to six. I mean, I, after, nine to eight, isn't it? Or what is it? Nine to, nine to seven? What is it, JP? I think it's nine to six. But yeah, so what, whether it's nine to six, nine to seven, nine to eight, it does not matter. The fact after nine games, nine to six, it's nine to six. After the fact that after nine games, he's only thrown nine touchdowns speaks to the productivity. Those aren't numbers that, you know, franchise quarterbacks, guys who are, you know, um, are considered the best or one of the best at the position. Those aren't the numbers you're putting up. And that's not the touchdown to interception ratio you're putting up. It'd be one thing if it was nine to one and you could say, okay, this is a run heavy team. They got a great offensive line that runs the ball. They got a big back. They're playing great defense. That's how they want to play football. Okay, fine. You're not taking a lot of risks and you know, that's your style, but that's not the Jaguars. Yes, they want balance, but they're a spread, throw the ball around, throw the ball around the yard type of team. And the fact that he only has nine touchdowns and he has six Exceptions. That even that's not even a two to one. What is their what is their identity on offense? Give me somebody just tell give me give me give me a sentence on what their identity offensive identity is. Right now, Pete, I would say they're a team that wants to spread you out and force you to play sideline to sideline and and kind of and try to find seams as they go horizontal to have you know create. Um, run game lane, uh, lanes in the run game, you know, through inside outside zone, some power, and then, you know, you know, run after the catch with shallow crossings, bubble screens and the such. That's how I describe them right now. Yeah. That's, and, and you would think with a quarterback who's six, six with a cannon for an arm that it would be more vertical. Again, yeah, that's not what we've seen. So, mm. Has he regressed? Can it, can it change? That's the question. Can yeah. it change? Like, do I still believe Trevor Lawrence has a ton of talent? Is the right I guy? Do. Yes. So, yeah, I believe it can change. Does everyone need to play better, including Trevor? Yes. Next question at Waxer564. After nine games of the offense struggling, is it time for Doug to take back play calling to no. give the Jags the best chance to win? Let's just stop this now. Well, Seeing this on Twitter. Hold on, Pete, before you go. The answer is no. Doug is still involved. If you pay attention to the game, he has the play sheet, and him and Press are talking to their entire team. And guess who's in Trevor's ear telling him what play it is? It's Doug. So you think Doug's still calling some of the plays? I think Doug influences what's going on. I think Press is calling it. And let's not forget last year, Press called every second half of the games. Or they say. Okay, are you calling them liars now, Pete? No, I'm just when you prop up a guy, which incidentally was leaked the day before the season started for some reason. Um, when you prop up a guy, you're gonna you're gonna go back and say so that. So then so why so didn't you say it last year? The press was calling the plays in the second. Because no one asked. <laughs> Come on, Tony. So, so Pete, I'm just gonna ask you a straight question. It's very. It's a yes or no. I don't want to hear a bunch of you know journalism. You know, you know what. Um, do you think the organization and Doug Peterson are lying 
that press did, uh, did not that press called the plays the second uh, half of every game last year. Do you think I they're don't lying? know that. No, it's but a yes I'm, or no. But Do I'm, you not, think? But I'm not taking. I'm, not taking, I'm also there's I'm not sit here and blindly believe that he did either. So you you are questioning their integrity that you, that you believe that they <laughs> can be questioning their integrity. I see I'm sometimes hearing. in this league you want to prop up a guy. Okay, whoever's calling the plays, they stink. How about that? Whether they're being called by press, intercepted by Doug, or changed in the huddle by Trevor, they stink. The plays stink. Okay, that's fine. But my question was, why? Like, I I I believe Doug at face value. If he says that press called him last year, he called him last year. So based on that, they had a lot of success in the second half of games last year, especially down the stretch. I'm like, I'm not putting this on press. Like changing the play caller is going to make everything better you offensively. Know, it's funny because I looked up the game against the Chargers, and I was remember I, I remember that game differently, and I looked at the numbers. Do you know what Trevor threw for in that game? No. 280. What did you think he threw for? 330, 340. Something down, and you know what? And I think his longest completion was like not that long. I just think that they should be a much more vertical, or try to be a much more vertical. His longest completion in that game was 39 yards, and it was a touchdown. It was to Zay Jones in the final, and in, the, in the, to make it 30 to 20. Next question. They must really miss Zay Jones, though, more than we oh, know. Yeah, it feels like that, right? They've yes. said that as much. Yeah. Uh, at PE Coach Nelson, could it be that we are just good, not great, and that the preseason expectations from us fans was a bit too much? Uh, that's a resounding yes. Yes. Me too, by the way. And not just the fans, the media as well. Yeah, so, but, Pete, you had so you yeah, had them at thirteen yes. and four going to the Super Bowl. Yes, I had them at. I, Bowl, I, had, I hope you don't get there. <laughs> I had them at eleven and six. But okay, yeah, we were high in, in the preseason. Well, eleven after and six. They went I think, and one two came back and won against the Colts. Then went to New Orleans and won. Then they went on the road and won. Everybody's like, oh, they won on every different continent and every game, and they really are for real. And then you have that game like that. So but my, the whole time, the offense has been a problem. So I think the offense has been clunky all year. I don't think they put a complete game together yet. But, I mean, not to just prop myself up, but might as well because Pete's not going to. Why not? Um, I did um, say they'd be 11-6 and six at the beginning of the year. Um, Pete yeah. has now come to my side of the equation and thinks they'll be 11-6 and six as I well. Did. I do. You were um, right. And so I still think they're going to win the division. I thought they'd win the division before. The only thing that I might change my perspective on, if the offense does not get better and more production, I don't think they're going to the AFC title game. And I did think that at the beginning of the season. If the offense plays like it has over the course of the first nine games, they're not winning a playoff game. That depends on who they play. Well, if they get a Josh Dobbs or something. I mean, back when he was playing for the Titans, a guy like that, then they could win one. Okay. But, what if they got the Pittsburgh Steelers? I, mean, I don't think the Steelers are going to make well, it. Well, right now they're in the playoffs at the I current. Let's get you one, can beat the Steelers. Let's get one more Thank question you. in. Uh, at Randall Flag 81, there's really not much to discuss. We got our ass kicked. So glad this wasn't flexed to prime time. Ooh. So is NBC. So is everybody else. Yeah, so is NBC, first and foremost. 
Tough day at the office. There you have it. The questions are in the fanatics. They were meaner than that, JP. You went nice tonight. You didn't put the mean ones out. You're too nice. Well, you guys talked too long about wide receiver play a minute ago. No, there were there were more there were angry fans out there. I there like the a angry lot of fans. them. There are a lot of angry fans out there. There were fans that okay. I'm gonna defend the stupidity of some fans because I defend them when I when I can. The Trevor Lawrence is a bust. Trevor Lawrence should be benched fans out there. You need to shut the hell up. Okay? Way too early for that. Grab your hats and get ready for a good time. Everbank Stadium welcomes country music legend George Strait with Chris Stapleton in Little Big Town, May 11th, 2024. Tickets on sale now. Visit everbankstadium.com. Tony, you coming to that one? Which one? I wasn't paying attention. Thanks a lot. That's great. Uh, we're back in a moment. No, George Strait, Chris Stapleton. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He says yes. His Absolutely. mic's off, but Tony's in for that. It's a lock. And it's Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. Welcome back. Final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. J.P. Shadrick and Hall of Famer Tony Baselli from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Pete Briscoe down in South Florida for 10 years. DreamFinders Homes has been proud to call themselves the official home builder of the Jaguars. Visit DreamFindersHomes.com for all the available inventory and go Jags. Go Jags. Go Jags, even after yesterday. Yeah, especially after yesterday. I mean, this is what you do. Like anyone can wear the colors, JP when you're on a five-game winning streak and everyone's high-fiving. A lot of people do. Yes. And all, you know, every text, you know, or every post we got on X was, woohoo, woo, book Vegas trips, let's go, we're the best. Can I have your tickets, Sunday? Yeah, and now they get beat, they got blown out, bad game. And you would think this team's in last place fighting for the first overall pick and, like, the sky is falling and, you know, there's no hope. Let me just ask the question, and I just did this via text with a bunch of my knucklehead friends, <laughs> because they're no different than what we get on the on X on the posts we receive. Is if I'd have told you in July this team would be six and three in first place uh, of the division, one game, maybe a game and a half because the tiebreakers out of the number one seed of the entire conference, um, with the Titans and the Texans coming up the next two weeks. Would you be happy? Would you think, okay, we're in a good position? Yes. Yes, I believe so. You know how many times this franchise has been six and three in the history of it? Not a lot. So it was bad. Yes. Play calling can be better. Sure. Offensive line needs to block better. Yes. Trevor is in, didn't play very good and is not playing at the level everyone thought. Calvin Ridley's way behind. Yes, and from a statistical standpoint. All true. Defense is way better than anyone of us thought. They're 6-3. and three, They're in first place. Take a deep breath and relax. Now, the next five weeks are critical, starting with this week and next week because they're both division games. Then you play really three teams in the AFC in a row, that are playoff contenders or uh, people fighting to win their own division. Great, you know, one of them has a great defense. One of them's very good, complete team. Both are. I mean, all three are good. So, like, we'll find out where we. St I mean, this is 
This is and the... I can go to the other side and say, if I told you before the season that Justin Fields and Mac Jones would have more touchdown passes than Trevor Lawrence at this point in the season, would you be happy with the year? No. No. But guess what? Pete, how many um, – let me ask you a question. At the end of the year, when we all wrap this up, what does everyone care about more than anything? Winning. Winning. What's the only thing that matters that we talk about all the time at the end of the day is winning. Find if a they way. play offense like this, they're not winning anything. No, find a way to win your division. That's sitting right in front of you. And, Pete, you and I agree, and all everyone who's wrote – written in on X and every fan that I've talked to, we all agree it's not good enough. That was embarrassing. The players agree. Doug has said so. He had a list. How many times has the coach come out with a list of the press conference start reading off the mistakes that they made? You know that's bad. You know it's a bad game. It was awful. It was embarrassing. We've lost three games at home. I don't like that. And we've lost ugly twice against the Texans in and now the 49ers at home. Not good. I agree with all that. My point is, everything's right in front of you. You're in first place. Go beat the Titans, who you're better than and are not very good. And then go for the biggest game of the year against the Texans, because they're probably going to win. They're going to be 6-5. and five. You're going to be 7-3. and three. First place on the line. You just had another game like that a couple weeks ago against the Colts here. You won that one, go beat them. Because here's the thing, Pete, you and I both know this. This will not be to be decided by stats or anything else. This will be decided if you can go beat teams that are good teams and position yourself to win the division and get a home playoff game. This, will, I mean, so you've set yourself, it's not like last year where at this point we were so far behind the eight ball we needed to go on a historic run and have a historic collapse by the Titans to get into the playoffs. We're in a much better position than we were last year, and we're a better team than we were last year. Now we just got to go perform, and it starts offensively. I'm with you, Pete. We're not, we have not been very good offensively. Yeah, and look, you're right. You just got to win the games, but if they don't get the offense cranked up, they're not winning games. I don't care who they're playing. That means changing it. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I think. Let's can you change in like yeah, week 11. I, I, not change the, the, the play. I'm saying change the, getting the ball down the field. Vertical. Uh, well, Pete's, vertical, Pete, vertical, vertical, vertical. It's not horizontal. It's vertical. Yeah, the passing game is meant to be vertical. What Pete is saying, and I get it, he's not saying schematically, like, change the offense and personnel and everything he's because they have those plays in he's saying change how you call the game correct monday night football it's a battle of average teams russell wilson and the three and five denver broncos carry back-to-back wins they're coming off the bye week they'll visit josh allen and the five and four buffalo bills who you got in orchard park tonight you know what it's a little awkward when you don't get the music right away it's like you're screaming. You're the screaming man without your music. Am I right, Tony? It was just like the screaming man. Listen, I'm just glad. That's not the awkward part. I'm, I'm just glad, Pete, he didn't flub it again like he did the yeah. last two weeks. Where yeah. he was a disaster. It was embarrassing. And frankly, I wanted to leave the show because but that's you, what You we were got. leaving the show anyways because yeah. it was over. No, it's that's over. a good point. What good point. Very well said. Pick a, um, pick a time. I like Buffalo. This is a get right game. Uh, they will have a big day offensively. And you know what they will do tonight? 
which they haven't been doing as much. Vertical passing game. How about that? Yeah, I like the Bills, too, because they need it. Um, they're a playoff team, and right now they're on the outside looking in. The Broncos are not going anywhere this year, um, and so it's on the road. Up in Buffalo, those fans are some of the best fans in the NFL to be rocking. My son is actually at the game tonight oh. in Buffalo. Wow. Because wow. um, uh, his cousin, um, my nephew, goes plays hockey for the University of Buffalo or Buffalo State, okay. one of those schools. And he went out to see him for his 21st birthday, and they're going to the game tonight. So, Big time. Yeah. Good time. You know, fun. you know what uh, what entertains me is when Pete Prisco leans into the camera to say vertical to make it more vertical, of a, more of an emphasis. Like we didn't hear you already. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can talk about bubble screens again if you want me to. I'd rather not. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> wow. What a week. Uh, Pete, have a good one. And we will talk to you next week after double lock, the double, double lock, lock win. We got yep. two locks and we have a lock for uh, the following week as well already. And uh, listen, Jag fans, it's going to be okay. This team will get it turned around. I expect an offensive explosion this week against the Tennessee Titans. So 20 points. <laughs> <laughs> better than three. That's Pete Briscoe, Tony Vaselli. I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for watching and for listening. It is Jaguars Happy Hour presented by Mr. Chubby's Wings. <laughs>